Bucknutters, welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, November 19th, 2018, and welcome to the game week. I am Dave Biddle, joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank, the Buckeyes, three and a half point underdogs to that team up north. Um, first time the Buckeyes are going to be underdogs in this game in Columbus since 2004. That game worked out pretty well. Troy Smith's coming out party. Um, just your thoughts on the game. You hear Ohio State's an underdog. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you, but just your general thoughts on this game and kind of what, what do you expect to happen? Yeah, I um, have no clue what to expect, and I think that's probably, that's probably been true since I was a little kid, you know, in this rivalry. So expect the unexpected, you know. It just always holds true. Um, my thought is I think Michigan is the better team. I don't think they're head and shoulders the better team. I think they're better. And um, I think the game, I think we're going to know pretty much after about, you know, maybe 45 minutes on the clock where this is going. I think if Michigan can come into the Ohio Stadium, jump Ohio State, you know, get up 17-6, 24-9, something like that in the first half, it kind of sucks the life out of the stadium, and, and that stadium can get really quiet, you know. And then maybe they boo the team going off the field at halftime, and everything is just – it's not going to go well. You know, you can see that happening. I can also see a scenario where Ohio State comes out fired up. The crowd is going bananas. You can't hear a word inside that stadium. Ohio State plays their best ball of the year, starts fast, something they never do. And – if that thing is close and you get into the fourth quarter and Ohio State's either got the lead or maybe behind by three, then it could start to get a little tight under the collar for both Jim Harbaugh and his players. At that point, it becomes kind of a, holy crap, here it goes again. We've got everything on the line here, and we never can beat these guys. And then Ohio State, it's like, shoot, we've been here before. Nobody on this team, you know, has ever lost to, to Michigan. This is what we do. So I think if, if Ohio State keeps it close and you get six, seven minutes into that game and it's a tight game, I think it's going to get really tight under the collar for Michigan. And it, it, then they're in big trouble. But if they control the game from the start, take the crowd out, kind of put Ohio State back on their heels, I think they're the better team and I think they'll win. Now, which scenario is going to take place? You know, good luck. Get the coin out and flip it. But, I mean, it'll be fun to watch as it always is. Yeah, I've been saying for weeks I think this is like a coin flip of a game, and I kind of still feel that way. I feel like if it was in Ann Arbor, Ohio State would be perhaps in trouble. The fact that it's in Columbus, I feel like it's a coin flip of a game. So we'll we'll see. Uh, It's going to be fun. Let's look at some of the injury situations. I'll start with Ohio State. Thayer Munford um, didn't look good. Then again, though, it didn't look awful because if it was like season ending, there's no way he would have been standing out there in his uniform. He either would have still been in the training room or he would have came back wearing street clothes. We've seen this all the time being football fans. We know when a guy suffers a serious injury, he doesn't just stand there with full pads. Um, But, I mean, he could miss this game. We'll find out maybe from Urban Meyer today at 11.45 a.m. Then again, I, if I was Urban, I wouldn't say anything either way. Um, Joshua Alibi, uh, Alabi, I think he, he looked pretty solid to me, Bank, but, man, losing Thayer this week would really hurt. 
No, they, you need all hands on deck here. You know, Ohio State's already minus the best player in the country and Nick Bosa. And I, I think they've, you know, pretty much put that in the rearview mirror. He's been gone a while now. And so, but, you know, you, you don't want to play Josh Alabi. And I know there's Dwayne likes him and thinks he's really good and stuff, but I, I'm not sold. And I've seen him in too many big game situations in the past couple of years where it's, it's not been good. So, you want their Mumford in there. He's a starter for a reason. You know, he's right. he's your best option, you know. So, and I, and I have no clue on his condition, but I would agree with you. It didn't look like it was super serious where, you know, you don't see him again until he's got sweatpants on. So, we just have to wait and see where that goes. But I think Ohio State needs needs all hands on deck this week to win this game. And the offensive line being so key. They need Mumford in there, not Josh Alabi. You know, no disrespect to him, but Mumford's a better player. Yeah, no question about it. And um, Terry McLaurin, he took a huge shot late in the game, but uh, Urban said after the game he thought Terry would be okay. Well, again, we'll see. I mean, he, that, Terry took a big time shot, but Terry, I can't imagine as a fifth year senior, Terry's going to miss this game, even, even if he would miss any other game. Um, I mean, it took John Simon. It took his uh, knee swelling up the size of like uh, the biggest grapefruit or the biggest uh, watermelon maybe you've ever seen for him not to play against Michigan. Right. So it would right. be something like that for Terry, for Terry McLaurin to miss this game. Um, but um, you know, let's look at the Michigan side of things. Chase Winovich. That looked like a season ender to me, or at least multiple weeks. Now Michigan came out and said X-rays were negative. This is just my guess. I'm just spitballing here. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this bank. I think that was gamesmanship, and I don't blame Jim Harbaugh at all if it was gamesmanship. If he heard it that Winovich is out next week, he's like, you know, I'm just going to lie about it. Why tell Ohio State one of my best players is out? Now, maybe Winovich is fine, and I'm just full of crap here, but just what's your thoughts on the uh, Chase Winovich situation? It didn't look good. Boy, I was actually watching that game when that happened, and my thought was, well, that his college career just ended. I was thinking – out for bowl game, let alone obviously out for Ohio State. I mean, it looked terrible. Right. So we'll see. It could be gamesmanship. You know, I got to know Chase pretty well when he went through the recruiting process. And, you know, he was kind of a fickle guy. And Luke really wanted him at Ohio State. And the kid really liked Ohio State, too. So got to know him well. He's a great kid. Never thought he would be this good of a player. I thought he'd be good. Never thought he'd be this good. So, you know, it's just one of those games that you just hope everybody can play. You want everybody at their best and, you know, let the winner win and let chips fall where they may. But I'll be shocked if that guy plays. Now, I know what they're saying now. Everything's negative. Everything's fine. But that was a horrible-looking injury. So, you know, I hope Chase plays, and I hope he's 100%. Um, it would be horrible, like like the Johnny Simon to you know, get to the the ultimate game of your career and not be able to play because of an injury. So I hope he's ready, but, man, I can't believe he is going to be anywhere near 100%. And looking at Ohio State's offense, I mean, I love when they go up-tempo. They, they did that a lot uh, against Maryland. Maybe they felt like they had to because they got down early, but that was the most they've really had pedal to the metal since early in the season. I think they need to keep doing that. And I'm watching Michigan playing against Indiana, Indiana's leading at halftime and even made it, you know, was making it close to the second half. And Indiana's offense was using a lot of up tempo. You know, a lot of times they were just handing the ball to Stevie Scott and he was getting damage done. I mean, I feel like, you know, Michigan's defense is tremendous. We all know that. But that, yeah, I think they can be hurt with up tempo. And I think Ohio State is effective at, at up tempo. I hope they really use it this week. 
I couldn't agree more. I think Ohio State needs to come out with guns blazing, which, you know, I can't remember a game that that's happened. I mean, they usually start slow. You know, even the game they won big over Michigan State, that's 7-6 at the half. Start slow against Maryland. Terrible start against Nebraska. No need to mention Purdue. Not a good start against Minnesota. Not a great start against Indiana. Terrible start against Penn State where you're down. You know, TCU, you're losing. And then there's no need to talk about Oregon State, Rutgers, or Tulane. I mean, they don't start fast. This week, they need to start fast. If Ohio State comes out, puts points on the board, and they're up 10 nothing in the first quarter, that stadium, you're going to be able to hear that thing in Cleveland. So definitely push pace. Try to get Michigan back on their heels a little bit. You know, I, I think we look back last year at what Haskins was able to do when he came into that game. Michigan, now they were not prepared for him. So you've you got to cut them some slack there, but they had no clue. No clue how to defend Dwayne Haskins. you got 11 games of tape now, so it's going to be a little easier, but I would push the pace, and I would get the ball moving down the field, vertical, and if they can, if Ohio State can get a lead here, it, I think it changes the psyche of both teams. So I agree with you 100%. I would, you know, to just sit there and try to establish J.K. Dobbins running between the guards against those guys, it's like, what are you doing? You know, it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Push the pace. Come out super aggressive. And, you know, I, I think the team that gets up early, I think that carries that team for a long way in this game. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, and I know as usual, Urban Meyer and Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson are listening to the show. So, you know, hopefully they, uh, they heed our advice. Um, yeah, like they need our <laughs> advice. Um, um, another thing about the offense that I was very encouraged by was Dwayne Haskins showing some legit running skills. Now he's never going to be a great runner, but just having that threat and they really they almost used too much with it being like the eve of the Michigan game, but they kind of had to do what they had to do to win the game. But I loved, seeing Dwayne Haskins uh, running the ball effectively. And sometimes on called quarterback runs, sometimes on the zone read where he would pull it and, and keep it. Uh, and even on scrambles bank, he, he looked like an effective runner for the first time all year. Well, if you remember back to the Michigan game last year, he had a, a nice scramble for a big yeah. game in that, in that game. So he can do it. I mean, I think early in the year he might have been under wraps from Day and Meyer, like, we cannot get you hurt. So don't take hits. You know, so, but, but I think as the year went on, they probably told him, you know, we don't want you taking hits, but we don't want you sliding 10 yards in front of the defenders either. Yeah, I, I thought he ran the ball. I thought he ran it smartly, which is what you want. You want him to be smart. If Dwayne Haskins gets hurt, then, you know, I wish you all the luck in the world. So you don't want him getting hurt. You don't want him running – 15, 20 times a game like Barrett did. It's just not who he is. But, yes, tuck that thing down and go when the play breaks down. And, yeah, run that zone read every once in a while. You need everything. Okay? Like we said, you need all hands on deck. Well, you need the full playbook this week, too. This defense in Michigan is really good defense. So give them everything. Throw everything out at them. You know, maybe even go back to the screen pass that they ran like five times against Penn State for big yards, and I don't know if we've seen it since. So, yeah, definitely Haskins has got – when the opportunity is there, he's got to tuck it and go. You know, you have to use everything this week to win this game. A couple more things we'll get you out of here, Bank. Um, 
God, this defense is atrocious for Ohio State. Um, it, you know, it it reminds me of the 2013 defense for the Buckeyes. And, I mean, of course, a, a bad Michigan team put up 41 on the Buckeyes in that game, took a two-point conversion, a failed two-point conversion with Tyvis Powell taking it off for the Buckeyes to win that one, of course. Um, and even Joshua Perry, who was a starter on that defense, was talking about that on the radio. You know what? This defense reminds me a lot of our defense in 2013. And I was like, wow. Uh, even a guy who was a starter on there admitting it. And by the way, Josh Perry does a great job, and no one's surprised that he's great on the radio. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at Maryland's ranking bank. They, they came into the game ranked 98 in the country in total offense. 98 in the country. And this team put up over 500 yards on the Buckeyes. I mean, just... You know, I mean, this yeah, defense, and, I just and said, literally shaking my head, man. Well, and their starting quarterback was out the week before, so they had to go with a backup quarterback and, and put up 51. So, you know, maybe if a starter plays, maybe they score 80. But, um, you know, I don't know. The defense is terrible. Like you said, it's it's a very, very bad defense. I don't like the scheme. Um, don't really Don't really like the talent. I know people don't want to hear that, but – I think there's a lot of guys on this defense that are not as good as what people think they are. And then I don't think you can really minimize the loss of Nick Bosa. I mean, he's the best football player in the country, in my opinion. So, you know, you hate, you know, why do you have to lose that guy? You know what I mean? Why didn't you lose? I don't want to mention names, but, you know, you could have lost another guy, you know, and, and been fine, but you lose the best player in the country. And I think that just affected, I think that did affect this defense in a lot of ways, obviously. But they're just not good, you know. I, I don't agree with the scheme. I think they need to use the Jim Haycock scheme, uh, two, two deep safeties, play the corners off, make them go 80 yards in 12 plays instead of 80 yards in three seconds like it happens now every week, you know. So I, I think so much of coaching is being able to adjust to your personnel. I don't think this is the personnel to play press man, blitz a lot, leave these DBs on an island, get these linebackers matched up in coverage. I don't think that's this type of talent on this defense. So I think they should play a little more safety first, keep everything in front. I know Urban hates to play that way. He's not going to play that way. And, you know, I don't know. I think it would be the best way to play with these guys. I'd rather see someone have to go 80 yards in 12 plays and hope they screw up before those 12 plays are over, rather than seeing a guy take a run the ball off tackle and go 80 yards in about six seconds, and nobody's on the screen. You know, you think there's four guys on defense or something. But, you know, obviously, you know, these guys are smart guys, and I don't know. You know, defense is bad. There's no doubt about it. All right, last thing, the uh, elephant in the podcast, so to speak, here. Um, we have to address it. I mean, people are talking about it all over Buckeye Nation. Um, Nevada Buck from Buckeye Grove on the Rivals.com network um, is saying a source told him, at least it's his prediction from this source via Nevada Buck, that Urban will retire after this year. It's coming on the heels of Pete Thamel re- releasing a, port, a report last week talking about, or over the weekend, talking about how Urban's health is once again bad, and you know that's Urban's guy. You have to feel like Thamel wouldn't be like writing that story unless Urban signed off on it. Um, but focusing on you know the rumor on uh, the Rivals dot com, are, are you buying that? Do you, are you buying that Urban's going to retire after this year? You know, I, I could see it. Um, you know, D- Dave, I don't understand one thing that's gone on 
since the day they fired Zach Smith with Urban. I, I don't, you know, I don't understand the press conference in Chicago. I don't understand a lot of his statements during when he was suspended, the Friday night tweet he put out. I don't understand Ohio State's response to how they handled their coach. I think Drake overreacted. Nothing makes sense, okay? From the day they fired Zach Smith, I don't understand why we get medical reports on a weekly basis about Urban Meyer. I don't know anything about Nick Saban's health. I don't know anything about Dabo Sweeney's health. I don't know anything about any of these other guys' health, but I know everything about Urban Meyer. I know more about his health than I do mine. And I don't know why that is an issue every week. And you cannot lump Pete Thamel in with Brett McMurphy, okay? No, no way. These, are, these guys are on opposite sides of this picture. Uh, McMurphy's a troublemaker, no doubt about it. He's been exposed as a fraud. Pete Thamel is Urban Meyer's guy. He's Urban Meyer's ghostwriter. He's his publicist. Pete Thamel doesn't write one word unless Urban Meyer wants that word written. And Pete has written a lot about Urban's health this year. And it's killing recruiting. It's, you know, Urban is making this a topic. If Thamel's his guy, he should have Pete Thamel do an interview with Urban where they say, never felt better in my life. I'm having some issues, but we got it under control. And doctors feel that in the off season, everything will be just wonderful. And everything should be great for the next 20 years of my career at Ohio State. Well, they're not doing that. And I don't know why they're not doing that. So, you know, I'm probably the wrong guy to, to ask on this stuff because I don't understand anything that's happened since the day they fired Zach Smith, you know. And regarding Nevada, I mean, he's a friend of mine. Um, he's got good info. And, you know, he could be right on the money with that report. I don't know. I haven't been given that from anyone. But it, it just looks curious, you know. And like I say, I'm not interested in anything Brett McMurphy says. Nothing. But I'm interested when Pete Thamble speaks. So when Pete Thamel speaks, he's kind of the Merrill Lynch guy in the room here. You know, you got to listen. So I don't know, Dave. I mean, nothing makes sense to me, so I'm not the guy to figure this puzzle out. Well, great stuff as always from Bill Bank Green. I appreciate it, Bank. And, again, programming note, Urban Meyer, 1145 a.m. today should be very interesting. Uh, so keep it locked to Bucknuts for that. Uh, thanks again to Bill Green, and thanks for – all the listeners out there for tuning in the show, I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag. Best in band in the land. Bye.